excited to be able to share with you today. Again, my name is Carrie Pickett. I'm here. I'm one of the instructors and the VP here at Karis Bible College. And I just absolutely have loved being able to share with you and minister to you. And uh, I believe that God is doing some tremendous things. So today um, and we're in section two. As you guys know, you've been listening to a whole bunch of different things. And I get to uh, talk to you here on a lesson, lesson 11, and uh, kind of something that people don't like to talk about. So uh, just uh, buckle up and, and listen to the end and, and, and really let the Spirit of God speak to you. But I'm going to talk about today is my diet important? So here's the deal that happens so many times, and we get this question a lot, uh, whether we're doing our conference on healing is here, or whether people are writing into our Tuesday Night Live Bible study that Andrew does, um, or, or just you know calling in the helpline. We have a prayer ministry helpline here at the ministry. Um, people are always calling because they're looking for, and maybe this has been you um, as well, you're looking for, okay, well, what am I not doing right? And I'll do it so that God will heal me, <laughs> right? And we try to do all these, okay, well, um, I do this doctor, or I do this diet, or I do this fast, or I pray this certain way, or I fast this many days, or I go to this special healing minister and uh, the enemy is going to try to do this whole thing that there's something you can do in this um, to get healed. And it, it is a, it's a finished work of the cross, you guys. And I, and I know you've been listening to a lot of teaching. And so I'm, gonna, I'm really kind of piggybacking on a lot of what our other ministers and teachers have shared with you. But this dynamic of you have received this. This is a finished work of the cross. It is a gift of Christ. Uh, because of you being translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Now as a child of God with this new covenant relationship with Jesus and the work and the victory of the cross, healing belongs to you. And so it's a matter of how do we receive it, not what we do and work to earn it or feel like we're worthy enough for God to bestow it upon us. God's already given it to us. Amen. These are just really powerful truths that we're trying to share with you, kind of every instructor coming back to that. So I just want to, I want to lay that foundation. But this, this dynamic, okay, what, what about what we eat? What about exercise? What about these things? And so, um, I, I really want to spend some time just giving you kind of some balanced approaches to this because sometimes people will go all one way over here and then they'll go all one way over here. And I really believe there is a godly wisdom that you and I can find on this. Now, I do want to say right here at the beginning, I am not an expert on diet, okay? Uh, I have fluctuated, you know, from different weights and different things like that, you know, great discipline and great self-control and then the other times be like woo you know and so I'll, I'll tell you I understand where you at I can understand that you have desire you know it's right you know it's probably good yeah I should probably take care of my body but I'm tired I'm busy I've got all this going on I'm traveling it's the holidays just there's just a lot of different things you know I had different weights of when I was pregnant and after I was pregnant and and all these kind of dynamics and just places where you feel you want to be but you're not and so I'm gonna I'm gonna share a couple different approaches here and I really believe that God's gonna show you something by the end of this okay so we spent a lot of time talking about the finished work of Christ and the healing that he's done for us and these are keys these are absolute, these keys that, that the, all the teachers and instructors have been ministering to you, 
These things are so important for you and I realizing, wow, healing belongs to me. And this is how I receive it, proclaim it. You're going to hear here in a future lesson um, as I go on. I'm going to talk about your authority as a believer and just how you start to say, okay, this is my authority I have because of these promises. So that's going to be really powerful. You're going to be super blessed by that. But these dynamics of, okay, what about diet? What about exercise? What about our body? And what role do we play? And so if you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it talks about, Paul says, I, be found, I pray that you be found blameless, both spirit, soul, and body. And so there's this dynamic that we are a three-part being. And what I love about the whole spirit, soul, and body dynamic is God creates things after his own image. So he is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so he said, hey, I created you as a three-part being that I could demonstrate and live through all aspects of it. See, sometimes we're just like, man, I can pray, I can preach, I can, I can lay hands, I can evangelize. And we look at our gifts, we look at our callings, we look at our passion, we look at our love for God, and don't think that our physical life is important. I just want to say, you know, and, and you're going to hear me share about this in Authority of Believer, your body is, as is, is, talks about it being a temple of the Holy Spirit. That means that you and I have to come to a place that this body that you and I live in, we've got to steward it and, and give it to the leadership of Jesus Christ. Powerful. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, talks about this. Paul said this. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by the, by the faith, by the faith of Jesus Christ who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, Paul was not writing this from heaven. He was not writing this floating in his jail cell. He wrote this in his physical body, said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. See, if you look at Paul, and, and this is where a lot of people, they don't like these verses. I'll just say it right now. A lot of people don't like these verses. They don't like the verses that say, you know, I take up my cross and I follow him. They don't like this whole uh, crucify the flesh. They don't like the idea of, you know, resist the, the things of this world so that you can be an instrument of God. Because sometimes we want to have our cake and eat it too. Ha ha. Talking about diet, right? We're going to talk about cake. Okay. So this whole dynamic, we want Jesus in our hearts, right? Woo. Hallelujah. I want Jesus in my heart. And praise God, I got this testimony. But I want Jesus in my heart and I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it and who I want to do it with. And by the way, God, could you please bless it? And put your stamp of approval on it and send me money when I need it. Amen. Right? And so we get this whole thing. I want Jesus, but I want to live like I want to in this world. And so it talks about in Revelations, we overcome. It says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the work of Jesus. Okay? The word of our testimony. That we can say, this is what God has done within my life. But then it also says another part of that verse that most people don't quote. Honestly, guys, I rarely, rarely, if I were to count on my hands, when people start ministering that scripture, when they, when they quote the rest of that scripture, and it says, 
and they love not their lives unto death. Meaning that you and I come to a place like because of what Jesus did, the blood of the lamb, and because of what the word of the testament, what he's actively producing within my life, I have given my life so radically to the ownership of Jesus that I'm willing to die for Christ. So when we start talking about diet, again, I know this is uncomfortable, right? Uh, Because probably if you're sitting in a group, uh, if you've done a group study or if you're in a Bible study, I hope and obviously we encourage you to have some food time, dessert time, right? You know, this is part of Bible study. Woo! We love potlucks. Woo! We love potlucks in church, right? Because there's not just one casserole. There's 40 casseroles. Hallelujah. I'm a casserole girl. All right. So I get so excited about that. But here's the deal. You know, we got to get to this place of like, okay, Lord, could you talk to me about my style of life? Because I believe there's this dynamic that I have the power and the life and this victory and this finished work of God inside of me. But then there's also this wisdom of stewardship of what God has entrusted me with. And this body, your body, is something God has entrusted you with. Okay? So here's the, here's the thing. Because when we start talking about diet, we start talking about food. This is where people can kind of go extreme. And I just want to kind of touch on some of these extreme dynamics that people will go to. We're living in a world that there is a lot of, of, of things that aren't, aren't done right to our food, that we do to our food, the, the type, the levels, the amounts of food we eat. But if we go to, you know, starting to blame, you know, oh, well, everything's just so processed and, you know, there's so many chemicals on our food and there's so much packaging, there's so much preservatives, there's so many unhealthy things added to our food. I mean, even you look at America versus other nations, there's some things other nations outlaw that America's like, throw it in, right? So you can start to operate in this level of fear that every time you eat something, it's going to, it's going to give me cancer. Oh my gosh, if I eat enough of this for, for, you know, 20 years, it's, I just know I'm going to get cancer. Guys, let me tell you right now, watch, watch your words, please. There's life and death in the power of your words. Do not prophesy. Do not speak over your body. Do not speak over your children's body. Do not declare that. Man, the enemy, he doesn't even have to roar at you. You're declaring death yourself over your body. Do not do that. So you can start saying, oh, my gosh, you know, all this stuff. I mean, our whole generation is going to get cancer. Our whole generation is going to get diabetes. Our whole generation is going to be have to go gluten-free, right? And so you can start declaring all these things. And so are there realities of things that are not done right or with wisdom or with honor? Yeah. And so there's some things that I will avoid. There's things that I do not feed my children. I will take extra measures to do different things. My parents have a huge garden. I grew up gardening. Um, you know, the size of a football field was the how my mom liked to garden, right? Okay, we're not going to do like two rows of corn. We're going to do 42 rows of corn. Do you know how much corn that is? So canning, uh, freezing, uh, we freeze dried, we, we dehydrated, we, you know, everything that you could do to tomatoes and carrots. And I mean, we just everything, right? We even made stews, put it all together, canned it up. You know, our, our basement was really beautifully lined with all this can because 
we just took the effort. Number one, number one, the effort we t- took was because there were six of us kids, eight in the family. There was not a lot of money to be going to the grocery store every day for fresh vegetables. We had to grow them ourselves. We had to can them to go through the winter. It was just how I grew up. But the thing is, is that my parents still garden crazy like that, which I don't know how they do because all six of us kids have left the nest and have moved on. And so they still got, you know, maybe not quite the football size, but half of the football. But then when we go down on the weekends, boy, we're grabbing produce. I'm grabbing the fresh stuff. Instead of buying it at the store, I'll make the effort. And and what I started to do is, hey, mom, if I'm going to buy organic at the store that costs more, I'd rather give you the money. Can I give you the money? Versus me giving it to some other place. And my mom's like, okay. <laughs> so she, she's blessed by that. Well, they have chickens. They have, you know, milk, uh, not milk cows, but they have cattle and stuff. So we would just be like, hey, can we grab it? Because we knew some of the preservatives and some of the sprays and all that stuff wasn't on it. But I didn't do it because I was in fear. I just thought I have an opportunity. I can steward and put some great things into my children's body, into my body. If I know and there's an opportunity, great. Now, I've been on the mission field that there wasn't that opportunity. Whatever we went to the store, that was the way it was. That's what we bought. And we prayed over it. We blessed it, right? And I could just not be in fear about food because what happens is so many people will believe that, well, if I don't take care of, if I don't eat exactly right, and if I... Uh, If I never drink a Mountain Dew, which I have a thing for Mountain Dew, it's not good, but I do. So if I never drink a Mountain Dew, well, then for sure I'm not going to get cancer, right? So what you're doing is you're just saying, okay, I can so control. And and it was interesting, Pastor Greg Moore, he said something we were were talking the other day, and it was a revelation that he shared a story about how his wife uh, was really into... All of the diet, all the diet food, all the health food. And, you know, sometimes health food can be good. I I admit. But there's sometimes, I'm sorry, a kale shake just is not, does not taste like chocolate cake. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't taste the same, right? So sometimes it doesn't taste all, all, all good. And it was interesting because Pastor Greg was just talking about how he was being tortured in this process. And the Lord, and she was doing it from a place of wanting to, you know, be a steward, but also, you know, Um, maybe out of some level of fear. And the Lord spoke to her, and I thought this was really powerful, is that the Lord spoke to her and said, Jesus, when he was walking the earth, walked in an earth that there was no processed food. And he still went about healing the sick. So, Let's not be so quick to attach every sickness to our food, every sickness to our water, every sickness to chemicals, every sickness to things. We need to recognize where sickness comes from, and sickness comes from the devil. Amen? Right there. Sickness comes from the devil. Because I know people who are super, I mean, they run a mile a day. They lift weights. They, I mean, they don't eat chips. They don't eat soda. They don't eat popcorn. They don't eat gluten. They don't eat... Meat, they don't eat. I mean, they just are like, chuk, 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 and they are like absolutely dedicated and disciplined. And I, I respect them for their discipline, right? But then they get sick or they get cancer or something happens and they say, well, what did I, what did I eat that gave this to me? Understand sickness, no matter how well you take care of your body on one side, right? The enemy doesn't care what your diet is. He still wants to kill, steal, and destroy. That's who he is. He doesn't care if you're exercising, you're not exercising. You're on the couch and you're 600 pounds or you're, you know, 20, you know, 125 pounds. 
He says he's out to steal, kill, and destroy whatever form that looks like. Amen? So on that note, we don't just say, oh, well. So don't go the other swing of this. Okay, You can have the swing of, well, all sickness just comes from my food. So I've got to be absolutely radical and worry and be aggressive and all of this stuff and be in fear on this side. Or you can kind of do a pendulum swing and go the other way like, whoo, if the sickness comes from the devil, then I'll just rebuke the devil and eat whatever I want. And it doesn't matter. See, some people will go to one side and the other say, well, it's just only my spirit that God looks at and it doesn't matter what I eat. I want to bring us to an understanding of some wisdom today, right? That, okay, I can recognize there might not be some healthy things out there. So Lord, give me some wisdom. Lord, I understand that sickness is from the enemy. So I'm going to know who to rebuke. I'm going to know how to recognize it. And I'm going to know how to apply your principles to my life. But at the same time, I'm going to steward this temple, realizing that if I have died and now the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I want my temple to be as healthy and full of as energy for the things that God has for you and me in our lives. See, that's the balance we want to come to. Right. So we can say, all right, Lord, what do you want for me? And, and what I want to do. And in, in Matthew chapter four, verse four. It says this, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It doesn't say you don't live by bread at all. It says you don't live by bread alone. So don't just think that your diet is the only thing that matters. He said, it's, it's, it's not just the bread you eat. It's that understanding the word of God that sustains you and gives you the wisdom how to walk in this present life, right? So I understand, here's the deal. I understand that sickness is not of God and it's from the devil and that the cross can overcome all sickness, even bad choices. Because this is what will happen is that people will say, and this is an attack of the enemy, guys. I'm trying to reveal the goodness of God and how good he is and what you received through Jesus, what you received through the cross, what you received as a child of God in this new covenant relationship. And what I'm also trying to do, and as, as a teacher, this is my, my, my desire, is to kind of show you some of the lies of the enemy so you can go, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, sometimes I think that. Oh, wait, that's a lie. Okay, God, how do I get out of that? So I want to I want to share a couple lies of the enemy with you, because this is what can happen is that you and I can make some bad choices with our health. We're not exercising. You know, we keep putting it off. Maybe we feel like we're supposed to do some things. You know, instead of the one piece of cake, we ate the, the pan. <laughs> instead of one piece of lasagna, we ate 15. <laughs> you know, except, you know, the two lo- pieces of bread, we ate the loaf of bread. You know, there's some things that you and I do, right? And, and we know, hey, we shouldn't, we shouldn't biggie size every single time we go to McDonald's or Arby's or Burger King. And I'm not preaching against ever going. I'm just saying there's bad choices that you and I make, Right. And this is what will happen for a lot of people. They'll get sick. They'll go to the doctor. They'll get a diagnosis. You know, you have celiacs, meaning you're, you're, you need, uh, you're allergic to the wheat and corn and oats and all these dynamics, right? 
uh, you've got an allergy to this type of food and that type of food because you've abused it. Um, you can start to say, oh, well, you have diabetes because of, you know, your sugar intake and your bad choices. And this is what will happen. Now, listen to me. We sit there and we listen to that and we automatically receive the diagnosis and shake our head and say, yeah, that makes sense because I've been not eating right. And what we do is we attach our bad choice diets and we automatically attach it and receive the attack of the enemy on our body. And basically, whether you realize it or not, sometimes you're saying, well, I deserve it. I did this to myself, so it makes sense that I need to live with it now. Right? You ever done that? Maybe some of you are like that. Can I just tell you right now that the cross and the blood of Jesus is so good, the grace of God is so good that he can help redeem you from bad choices? Because sometimes we think that the blood of Jesus and the power of the cross, it just frees us from sin. Sin and condemnation, lust and, and selfishness and pride and murder, and all those other sins. Oh, he saved my soul from sin. And, and, and now I can, and I'm healed because of what Jesus did for me. But then when we make bad choices with our, our food or our exercise, we think that somehow we deserve that sickness. So we receive the attack of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. And we somehow don't think that God could heal us because we did this to ourselves. Right? So what I want to do is I want to challenge you that even though you and I have made bad choices, and maybe there's things that God has even told you not to do, and you just, okay, yeah, all right, Lord, tomorrow, man, January 1st. <laughs> January 1st is the day we all declare it's going to be a new style of eating, living, exercising, wise choices, right? It lasts until, you know, like January 9th, maybe, maximum. So I want to I encourage you, just as God's grace and forgiveness are enough to forgive us of our sins, so is God's grace and power able to heal our bodies from bad choices. Amen. That is really, really important. Because you can say, all right, I haven't done the best, but Lord, I believe I apply your word I apply it to my body. I rebuke this diagnosis. I rebuke that the doctor says I will always be like this. This is something I've done to myself. My body is too damaged to really live in health. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you, all my bad choices, the man, the power of your grace and blood can forgive those bad choices. And maybe even things I have done to my own body that the enemy tagged on and said, all right, let's go with this. Let's, I'm going to throw sickness and they're going to accept it because the doctor's going to tell them it's your fault. It's not your fault. It's the devil's fault. Well, let me say this. You may have played a part in it, but the devil is, man, he's trying to ride that bandwagon. So we just go before the Lord and say, Lord, you know, despite bad choices, you can heal my body. And now, and this is, this is my challenge to you, when you realize that you can be set free from guilt and condemnation, you can be set free from this hook that says you deserve it, it's always going to be yours. And now you can start declaring, no, I'm healed. And with that healing power, God also, in that healing power, comes the wisdom to make the right decisions. Okay, so let me say this. Because... Just as, okay, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14. And these are powerful verses. So uh, you see it in your notes there or, or turning your Bible. But most of the time people use the scripture in talking about grace 
teaching us to say no to sin, right? And that is, that is powerful. That's part of this. It says in verse 11, Titus chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation... So it's the love of God, the mercy of God, this grace of God that brings salvation, something that you didn't earn, you couldn't, you couldn't work for, you weren't righteous enough to see, but it was a free gift. He brings salvation, has appeared to all men, all of us. Has appeared to all of us now. We get to the, the ability to receive it or not. It says, teaching us, what teaching us? The grace of God, the salvation, Right? This free gift, this is now teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. So much, so much good stuff here. And now I've used this scripture to teach how grace will teach us how to deny lust and to rebuke, you know, carnality and laziness. I mean, it can teach you and I how to live godly and soberly. So just as we talk about salvation, now that you are a believer, now the word and the salvation starts to disciple you, right? It starts to transform your mind. So you start to look like a believer, talk like a believer, act like you start to demonstrate the kingdom of God here in this world, right? That same grace doesn't just redeem your spirit and transform your mind. That same grace has the ability to equip you in your body as now a temple of the Holy Spirit. And I like what it says, to create his own special people zealous for good works. So we're just like, woo, here I am, Lord, use me. We wake up in the morning and we're saying, Lord, what's your plan? How do you want me to live today? What do you want me to do? Versus laying in bed going... Oh my God. <laughs> I've had those moments. Oh my gosh, Lord, I just, can I not go to school today? Can I not go to work today? Because you're just tired, right? Man, I, I, want, I want to hear from the Holy Spirit. I want that grace to teach me, hey, Carrie, even though you've made some bad decisions, if you're willing to hear me, I want to teach you how to steward your temple. Now, let me, let me share something with you. And this is a revelation that uh, maybe about a year and a half ago I got. Now, my husband and I, we have, um, even before I got married, you know, I would exercise and stuff like that. And constantly learning and, and adjusting what works and what doesn't work, what program works and stuff like that. So my husband and I, when we got married, you know, we started exercising together and different things like that. And we've had periods where we've been really great and we're doing good. And then other times we just... Just life and busyness. I can testify to busyness. Just you, just you, just don't feel like you have enough time to do it. And so, um, about a year and a half ago, the Lord really started to, and and maybe it was because I was getting ready to turn. I knew that I was getting ready to turn forty, and um, and it's not that I felt felt 40. I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm constantly at a 27. I think that's going to be the age I decide to stay at. You know, how some people decide to stay at a certain age. I think I'm deciding to stay at 27 because 
That's what I feel like. I feel energetic. I have great kids. You know, I love playing with them. Um, now, if I have to choose between a hike and reading a book, I'll probably choose reading the book, not because I'm lazy and I don't want to hike or couldn't hike. It's just I'm a nerd, okay? So I like that, all right? But I could, and I can go out, and my kids are in running, a uh, running club, and doing different things like that. So about, uh, again, about this year and a half ago, the Lord basically told me, and, and, and I was surrounded, and as I travel around the world, and I get this tremendous privilege of getting to travel to nations, and, and preach the gospel and, and to serve uh, pastors and leaders and, and create leadership. And so I, 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 love, I love what God's doing in my life. But as I go around, um, I, meet, I meet all kinds of different people at different walks of life, different ages, different you know, maturity levels, young believers, old believers, uh, older believers, um, you know, men and women of God, pastors and leaders. And I've met so many pastors and leaders that have so much wisdom. I mean, you sit down and talk with them and it's just like, how did I not see that in the Bible? Oh my gosh, that, how he just said that just totally brought in a new revelation. I just, I love, love, love being around older ministers, mature, and, and, and it doesn't even have to be an age, but it can just be a maturity and ask questions and learn from them, right? And, uh, but I started seeing as 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 I've as I've gotten older, and those those people in my life have gotten older. Some of them have not been able to take and travel and do some of the things that are really on their heart. And basically, God just spoke to me one day, and He said, "Carrie," He said, "I'm giving you wisdom, and I want to continue through intimacy with me, through your hunger for the Word, through your teachability for your." seek after me and you will find me attitude. I will give you more wisdom. And so he's speaking this to me and and that makes me excited because man, I love revelation. I love wisdom. I love what wisdom can create and and lives it can touch and, and testimonies it creates. And so I was like, thank you, Lord. Praise God. He said, I will instruct you in wisdom. And he says, you will come to a place of wisdom that will open doors that you can that will not be open to you right now at 40 years old. Even though I've known the Lord for 30 plus years, I've been in ministry for for almost this October a solid 20 years of full-time ministry. He said there's things yet you do not know. That there's opportunities and influ- influence I can't give you because you're not there yet. But follow me and I'll lead you there. He says, and there will be a place and a time where your wisdom will open doors for you. And then he said this, and he said, but be careful that you don't come to those doors and your physical body can't take you through them. And I was like, whoa, because here's, here's, here's the deal. You're going to come to places of wisdom and opportunity, but then your physical body can't let you walk through them because you're achy and you can't and you're overweight and you can't breathe. And and your physical body now causes you to go, oh, well, that would have been great. Well, but I just can't do it. Amen. Because what some people will do is they'll just allow age, right? becoming 50 and 60 and 70, they automatically start to disqualify them from certain opportunities because, well, when I get older, I won't be able to do those things. I'm just telling you right now, 
you and I, with the grace of God, can learn to steward this temple, that temple right there. You can learn to steward it in a way led by relationship and intimacy with God so that you, your age, your strength, your health, your healing that God's doing within your life will allow you to walk through the doors of opportunity and calling and purpose that he's destined for you even before you were born in your mother's womb. There are things that he has planned for you. And for some of you, you have disqualified yourself because you've accepted that your body would never allow you to do that. I'm just telling you right now, you can experience a miracle. You can experience the grace of God. You can experience the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit to teach you how to lead your body, how to eat, how to sleep, how to rest, how to steward your temple so that you're ready for those things. Amen. And I just want to say this, and this, I, I, for some of you sitting here listening, you may be like, oh, but I have so far to go. And I'll just tell you right now, it's easier to maintain than to try to retain it, right? Retain your health and energy back. But God is able. I have seen people who are tremendously overweight. We all love those stories, right? We always, you know, it was so funny when we were in Russia, we would have night school, Bible school in Russia. And, uh, we get home like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, right? And so we just kind of had a later nightlife. Um, and then we would go to bed like maybe sometimes 12 and 11. Even the kids stayed up really late. But we all slept in in the morning. So we slept in. So we kind of had our busyness was our kind of a, a, an evening schedule. Now here in Colorado, we have more of a day schedule. We're up super early and, uh, and go to bed early. Um, but there, we would come home, and it was after Bible school. We'd been preaching for three, four hours solid. We'd been ministering to students. Students were coming back with revelation. It was just exciting, right? So we'd get home, and you're just kind of on a high, right? After I go home today, I'm just like, I'll be on a high because I just finished preaching, and the Spirit of the Lord just stirs up my heart. And so we'd get home, and I would always make macaroni and cheese, like with the special cheese that was in Russia. It was very good. And so we would make this macaroni and cheese. And then I would always take this special bread and I would put it in the oven and I would put some butter on it and I would spread a, a dry ranch seasoning on it. So it's really nice taste until it was golden brown. It's nice big bowl of cheesy noodles. And my husband and I with the kids, you know, Ellie was really little. We'd sit in bed our big king size bed. And we would, uh, we would put on, on our computer, because we didn't have a TV in Russia. Um, we would put on our computer, we'd watch The Biggest Loser, right? And so here we're watching these, you know, overweight people have made this decision. I'm going to get healthy. And we're like, yeah, good for you. And it was so funny because one of the trainers, she would always be, you know, one of the advertisements at the beginning was get up off the couch, Stop eating your bowl of noodles and get to work. He's <laughs> in there eating our noodles like, yeah, you preach it, girl. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're just like throwing all of these carbs in us right before we went to bed. Right. You know, so I understand not the wisest decisions. Right. But here's the thing that God can do. He can say, I want to teach you. You're not too far gone. Here's some instruction. So. God really began for even my husband and I, even in those moments where we would have those bad seasons of eating, we just started really saying, okay, Lord, how do we take care of our bodies so that we can be where you want us to be, where you want us to be, um, so we have the health and the energy and the life. And so I, I'm just going to encourage you that there is some wisdom that God can give, give you right now. 
And you don't have to be frustrated that you're too far gone, right? Oh, well, it's, it's been decades of bad choices. We'll start today. You're not going to get there overnight and not saying, okay, next year, next year. Start today. You might not eat perfect, but make some better choices today. Simple as that. Make, and then you make better choices tomorrow. And you continue to make those smart choices. And, you know, many times I'll ask the Holy Spirit, I'm like, could you remind me I'm trying to eat healthy? Could you remind me? So then when I'm sitting there at Olive Garden and I really, really want the chicken Alfredo double noodles, double sauce with the extra bread, mm-hmm. he'll remind me, hey, we're trying to eat healthy. And so I'll take the chicken scampi with the center noodles and the, and the stuff on the side and it's just as good. Oh, my gosh. I, I sometimes actually think better because it's got all these vegetables and they're sauteed. Am I making you hungry? I'm not trying to do that. But it's happening, isn't it? Okay, so I would say, just say, Holy Spirit, help me make some decisions. And instead of having the four big, nice, buttery, garlic things of bread, I would have the salad, which my husband and I love the salad. So we'd have the salad. Right, so I just, I asked the Holy Spirit, could you just help me make wise decisions today? Okay, yes, we're having pizza. I don't need to eat five pieces. I could eat one and a salad, and I still got the cheese, and I still got the crust, and it was still yummy. But I don't have to eat five pieces, because after five pieces, guess what? I... I just, man, it's I'm just painful. Like, oh, why did I do that? And then I feel guilty. And then I feel like, come on, right? So you can ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Matthew chapter 15, verse 11 says this, hear and understand. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. So God is saying, listen, I can teach you what to eat and I can teach you and instruct you. But let me tell you, And and God is so good about this. He says, I want to teach your heart. More than just surrendering your diet to the Lord, are you willing to surrender your life to him? Say, it's not what I want. It's not about how, what makes me feel comfortable, what, what makes me feel uncomfortable. It's saying, Lord, My life belongs to you, and therefore the instruction that you bring me, it's for a reason. And so I'm going to let you deal with my heart, deal with the motivation of who does my life belong to? Who does my body belong to? Did Did I, am I truly taking up my cross and following him, right? Or do I just say, hey, I take up my cross on Sundays, and I do it over here, a little bit over here. No, I I give my life to you, Lord, so that as I surrender to you, you're showing me everything. And not just about diet, guys. I'm talking about relationships. Who are you supposed to marry? If you're single, who are you supposed to marry? You know what? Your life doesn't belong to you. Lord, you have the best person for me. Lord, I have these two opportunities for job. I'm not going to choose. Which which one would you like me to take, Lord? Right? Uh, Lord, I... You know, all these dynamics, this is, this is how I think my, I should discipline my child. But Lord, how, what do you want to say to my child in this moment? Lord, my life doesn't belong to me. So in the same way as we talk about finances and relationship, as we talk about calling and job and purpose, let's bring our diet and our body and our rest into that surrender to God and say, Lord, if there's something that needs to be adjusted in my life, here it is. I give it to you. Man, that's awesome because the Holy Spirit may show you things about your body that you need to do. And it might not make sense, but you're like, okay, 
If the Lord says, hey, I need you to get up and I need you to start taking a walk. Well, why? It doesn't matter why. Just obey. (laughs) Come on. If your life doesn't belong to you, if God tells you to do something, obey it. You don't have to know all the reasons why. Well, what are the medical reasons why? Well, Lord, why are you saying for me not to eat beef? Why are you saying for me not to do this? Well, because God knows your body. And if there's an attack or if there's something going on in your body, he says, listen, I have the ability to heal you and I have the ability to give you wisdom. Amen. 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 And so my thing is, is, is how do you give ownership to the Lord so that God is glorified? I remember when I was single, um, uh, I had I really started exercising. And now, granted, I did have an ulterior motive. I was just become engaged and I was going to get married. And so I was exercising. I was eating real because, you know, I was trying to get, you know, that that body that I wanted for for my wedding, my wedding dress, my honeymoon. And so I was, you know, I had some I had some focus there. Right. Uh, but so I was running, I was lifting weights. I was doing this in Russia. Uh, I was taking the stairs everywhere. I was not taking the bus and walk the extra couple blocks to wherever I needed to go. And so I just was seeing this, these health choices. So what was really interesting is that I took our students on a missions trip and, and we went into India and so we were working with a group and they took us into the Himalayan mountains and uh, we were going to go in and we had developed a kind of a children's program and they had told us beforehand, we're going to take you into these unreached villages. And they said, we're going to have you minister to the children because basically they had a Christian school in these villages or in certain parts and all the villages would come to this Christian school because the families were so poor they couldn't send their kids to school but yet this ministry was coming in and teaching them to read and write and and giving their kids a, an opportunity of her future that they didn't have well what they did is the way they taught them to read and the way they taught them to write is they were teaching them about Jesus and they were teaching them about the word and they, it was just awesome so we got to go in and minister to these children and a lot of parents came and so we got to minister to all these unreached uh, uh, villages but it was like a long hike I mean we're like we're climbing down this Himalayan mountain beautiful mountain range and she said do you see that shiny thing over there and like two mountains over right is there's this shiny thing we're like yeah and she goes that's the metal roof of our school building (laughs) and so we're kind of like "Ooh, i don't know yeah so we hike all the way down it takes us about three hours to climb down right and we carried these big five gallon things of water all of us right because we're stopping and we're drinking water and they said hey don't drink too much because we're gonna need to go back up this thing and so we minister we pray with the kids we do all this amazing stuff and then we start heading back up it took us like five and a half, six hours, and we were trying to crank it back up because it was getting dark. And I remember one of my um, fellow um, teachers, fellow staff members on my team, I remember she sat down and she said, Carrie, I'm done. Leave me here. <laughs> she, was just, she was so worn out. She just was like, I can't do it. I can't continue to climb. And I was like, Honey, I'm not leaving you on the side of the Himalayan mountains, you know, and that would be really bad as a team leader that I left somebody at home. And but the thing is, it took a long time for her to regain her strength and regain her breath. And the whole time we're trying to push because, I mean, we reached the top of that thing just right when it started to get dark. And I just for me, the Lord just showed me, he says, listen, I will give you opportunities if you will steward your body when you get to those opportunities 
your flesh doesn't start screaming so much that you miss the moments. You miss the moments that I'm giving you, the people that are around you, because you're like, hold on, <laughs> right? But you're actually able to say, okay, Lord, hey, I'm, I, I'm able to steward and I'm able to take this moment and do what you called me to do because my body, my health, my rest. And, and please understand, when I'm talking about our body, when I'm talking about our diet, I'm also talking about our rest. I'm just telling you right now, your rest is so important to God because I have found this. If I am not rested, it is so much easier to get into the flesh. Oh, it's so easy to believe gloom and doom. It's so easy to be like, I'm so tired and I just will stuff my face with junk. If I'm tired, you know what? It's so, I'm so much more likely to snap at somebody. I'm so much more likely to get in judgment. Sometimes I say the most spiritual, one of the most spiritual things you and I can do is take a nap. Right? Because what we do is we try to do all, everything in a day or we don't steward our time wisely. And it says, you know, be wise. The days are evil. There's a lot going on around you. Let's be wise with our time. I teach a whole course on time management here at the Bible school because you got to get to a place where you let God manage your time. God, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to say yes to? What am I supposed to say no to? Right? Don't be afraid to say no. Right? Even if it offends people around you, you need to obey God. So if you're saying, God, what do I need to steward in my body? And God says, you need to go to bed early. So that means shutting off the TV. That means shutting off your computer screen. Shutting down Facebook. Don't get sucked into all this stuff and let it affect your rest. Right? There's different times we do it better than others. Right now is kind of a season. I just got back from an overseas trip, so I'm dealing with a little bit of jet lag. But, you know, what we do is 730 the kids are, we've eaten, we've bathed, we've played, uh, they brushed their teeth, right? They've played with the puppy. We're in bed. I'm, I'm laying down with the kids between 7.38, sometimes 8.15. We're laying in bed. We're praying. What are you grateful for today? We're asking. I've got a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. And so we talk about this stuff. We pray together. I lay there. And then I'm in bed between 8.30 and 9 o'clock, both me and my husband. And we're asleep. Right? Why? Because we're up at 4.35 o'clock every single morning, praying, studying, having quiet time with the Lord, straightening up the house. We get the kids up early. We get the kids up like two hours before school. Boy, they are active. They're rested. We play. We play with the puppy. We do schoolwork. We do memory verses. We do all of that before school. Sometimes math homework before school, right? Why? Because we, we realize kind of the rhythm that God had for us as a family. So there's a rhythm for your diet, for your body, for your exercise that God has for you. And so what I'm going to just say in closing is please find this balance. Don't be so like, well, you know, I have the Jesus in me, so it doesn't matter. I can eat whatever. All right. All things are lawful, but not everything. All, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial, Paul said. Meaning you do that, you're not going to feel well and you're not going to be able to walk through some of the doors that God has for you. Because the devil's going to try to tell you that your body's disqualifying you from the call of God in your life. Don't let that happen. In the same way, don't be over here in such fear and so crazy about health that you forget the grace of God even when we make mistakes. Amen? So I'm just trusting right now that you have the ability to hear God's voice and that you will know it and that you will be guided by it. 
And then you can start making those daily decisions and those changes. And if you've been making mistakes and you have a lot of things you need to erase that have done things to your body, you know what? Praise God. The grace of God, the power of God, the healing work of Jesus can touch your body and teach you right now how to go this forward on. Amen? Your past doesn't define your future. Right now, make a decision and God can do some great things through you, spirit, soul, and body in this world for such a time as this. Amen? So let me pray for you right now. Father, I just pray for everybody watching this. And even though it might have been uncomfortable, maybe we're sitting there and we go, oh, yeah, man, I'm overweight. Yeah, there's things I've done. But, Lord, I thank you that right now they would hear your voice. And if they have swung any direction into just whatever, whenever, however, or being so fearful and crazy, not crazy, but just just absolutely worried about food and what am I eating, what am I putting into me and be. Lord, help them find that balance of wisdom for their body and their rest and their health and their family and their life right now in the name of Jesus. That we can come to a place that of realizing that we belong to you for your soul and body. Every part of us, our finances, our relationship, our attitudes, our bodies, our decisions, Lord, we surrender them to you because you have the grace that will teach us so that we truly become this people, zealous, full of life, full of wisdom, full of health, full of energy, full of ideas and creativity and all these things of your spirit to impact this world. So, Father, I just bless every person. And if there's something that you show them, Lord, bring the resources alongside of them. If it's something they need to exercise, the right the right program. If there's something they need to eat, Lord, just show them the right diet. Lord, if there's something they need to change and, and clean out the refrigerator, you just give them the courage to do that and know that there's something bigger that you have for them and that there's no place for the enemy to say, you deserve sickness because you didn't take care of yourself. We rebuke that lie right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we love you and we thank you for this time in Jesus' name. So, table at the coffee station out there, we decided it must have been the Holy Spirit that helped her for.